0: Well, hey, like Kurt said, my name is Nathan Harris. I'm one of the staff pastors here at East Point. It's a pleasure to be with you guys this morning. And I want to I wanna know, do you guys know that time matters? You know that? This, this is yes. Yes, time matters. Yes, it does. Absolutely it does. We all know that time matters because some of you were really early this morning because you forgot to set your clock back, right? Right, So you got here a whole hour earlier. Maybe you know that time matters because at some point in your life, you have had little children running around the house and you've had somewhere to go, things to do. And instead of listening to you, doing what they're supposed to do, they're off playing with their dolls under their bed and you have to extract them, right? Or maybe you've set up a meeting with somebody. Right, An important meeting with something. You need to share something very important. But then after that meeting, you've got to go on and you've got to do other things. There's, there's other things on your schedule that you've got to get done. But that person for this important meeting is late. Drives me nuts. I'm never late. Actually, I'm late. I, I do get late. But the, the, the point here is, is that time matters. We understand that time Matters. My wife's grandfather used to tell her all of the time, sweetie, if you don't tell your money where to go, it just goes. It just goes. Think about that. It's totally true, right? Maybe you've had a hectic month where... Uh, two or three weeks out of the month you just had not had a lot of time to, to prepare your lunch before going to work and so two, three, four times a week you're going to McDonald's and you come to the end of the month and you realize, oh my goodness, I don't have much left in my checkbook but I sure have contributed a whole lot to McDonald's, right? Sometimes when we don't tell our money where to go, it just goes. The same thing is true of our time. Every single one of us has been given 31 million seconds each year. And those 31 million seconds make up all of our moments. The little things, the big things throughout our lives, throughout our years, God willing. And if we don't tell our time where to go, if we are not on purpose with that, what's going to happen? It'll just go right. There's this guy by the name of Paul. He wrote most of what we have is the New Testament in the Bible, Um, and he was an apostle. He was, in other words, he was a guy who oversaw a whole bunch of churches. He was starting a whole bunch of churches. He was investing in leaders, and he traveled around from city to city throughout the Roman Empire, bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ and and leaving communities of faith behind him uh, when he left. And he said this in a letter that we have in the New Testament called Ephesians. In the the book of Ephesians, chapter five, and we're gonna have it up here on the screen, verses 15 and 16, it says this. Be very careful then how you live, not as wise, or excuse me, not as unwise, but as wise. Now I'm gonna stop there just for a second because anytime you see wise and unwise contrasted in the Bible... Okay, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, it is all about applied knowledge. It's all about applying what you know. It's all about doing what you know you're supposed to do. Specifically, it's all about applying what God has told you. What you know about him, what you have experienced about him. And so Paul says, be very careful then how you live. Live in the full knowledge of God and applying that rather than not. Making the most of every opportunity, every moment, all of your 31 million seconds every single year. Why? Because the days are evil. The days are evil. How many of you here know that you cannot determine all of your circumstances? Yeah. We can't, can we? I mean, there's some things that we do have control over. There's some choices that I can make that will influence the way things go and all of that. But by and large, I cannot determine what the, 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 the basic makeup of our culture is, what's happening across the world. I just, I don't have that kind of power. According to Paul, all we can do is make the most of the time we have. It's kind of like, uh, anybody else here like the Lord of the Rings besides me? I am a big Lord of the Rings fan. I'm a little bit of a geek. I wish I could speak Elvish, but I can't. I would That would be totally cool, I think. I've known people who can, but I can't do that. But anyway, there's this scene in the Lord of the Rings where the, the wizard Gandalf is having a conversation with Frodo, And this really comes out in the book, because in the book, they're sitting around. Gandalf has just told Frodo all about the ring. He's given him the history of it. And then he says, and guess what, Frodo, the the enemy, the the one who made this ring and really, really wants it, he's coming after you, dude, because you've got it. And he found out that you have it. And he's not going to stop at anything to to, to get this thing. And and Frodo, out of frustration and fear and angst, he just kind of throws his hands up in the air. He goes, man, I wish this ring had never come to me. I wish that none of this had ever happened. You ever feel like that? But Gandalf replies to him and he says, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. In other words, they don't get to order the time that they're in. And he continues and he says, all we have to decide is what to do with the time given to us. Think about that decide what to do with the time given to us how many of you here know that just by watching the news or listening to stories from family friends or or neighbors or coworkers whatever that the world is in a pretty bad place there's a lot of bad stuff going on how many of you here know that we can see that, right? I, I, you, can, you, you don't have to go very far. It's on the radio. It's on the television. It's, it's on the internet. It's, it's all over the place. There's bad things happening. People are arguing. I mean, our, sometimes it feels like our country's just going to tear itself apart because we've got people on this side and that side, and, 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 and it's just ugly, right? According to the Apostle Paul and also J.R.R. Tolkien... All we can do is choose what to do with the time we have. What are we going to do with it? That's the challenge. That's the challenge this morning. What are we going to do with the time we have been given? Because it has been given to us. What are we going to do with it? We're in part four of our six-part series, Hope Rising. And this series has been absolutely amazing. For the past three weeks, Pastor Kurt has walked us through some things. That that we have all needed to hear. Maybe you've needed to be healed from something. Maybe you've needed hope infused in your life, um, from from maybe from something that somebody else has done to you, or maybe something you've done. Whatever the case may be, and you know what? If you've missed any part of this series, I encourage you, go to EastPointChurch.com. At the top of the web page, there there's there's a, a menu bar, and you can you hover over the the talks tab, and then scroll down to the on demand, and you can click that and get caught up. I encourage you. Do that. But this morning, we're going to look beyond God giving us hope to us being hope. Have you ever thought about yourself that way? That you are hope? That's what the Bible says. You are part of God's hope in the world. Here's our big idea this morning To live with hope is to live on purpose, where we use every moment for something. Eternal to live with hope is to live on purpose where we use every moment for something eternal, nothing is wasted, nothing is is left out. Why? Because now is the time and situation that needs desperate hope, now is a time and situation that is desperate for a fresh infusion of God's grace that is His gift. Of radical, reckless, amazing, never stopping, never ending, never giving up, always and forever love. Now is the time and situation for us to live out our hope because we, and if you are part of Christ, if you are a Christ follower, you are part of this we. We are God's gift of hope and grace in and to the world. That's our job. That's who we are. That's who you are. That is your purpose. But how can we live this way? How do we live this out? I mean, that seems like a pretty big job. And I know left up to myself, I wouldn't be able to do it. But there's a couple of things I think we can do that will help us to get there. Number one on your outline, if you're taking notes, view the time you've been given as a gift from God. View the time, the moments, the hours, the days, the situations as a gift from God. Now, I don't know about you, but there are lots of times when I way overestimate how much time it's going to take me to do something. For instance, my wife comes to me and says, honey, uh, we've got this thing over here that I I need you to fix. I need you to get in there. I need you to hammer something. I need you to put it back together, whatever. And I think, yeah, I've seen somebody on YouTube do that. I think I I I can do that, right? And then I way overestimate how much time it actually takes me. So what I'm thinking is going to be 15, 20 minutes turns out to three hours. And usually what's happened is I flip tables over and I'm just kicking walls. And I'm like, ah, this is just dumb, ever do that? Overestimate? How about this? Have you ever, (laughs) true story, my wife leaves the house on her way out the door. She says, sweetheart, I am going to go to work. I'm gonna spend about this much time at work and then I've gotta to go to the grocery store and I gotta pick up these 17 billion items and then I've gotta go over here and I've gotta pick up this, this new pair of shoes for Caleb or, or, or Abigail or whatever and I gotta go over here and I gotta do this thing. In the time, in the 17 hours that I'm gone, I need you to do two things. Bathe the kids and feed them. And what do I do? Got it, sweetie. No problem, right? And then as soon as she's out the door, what do I do? I wonder what that football score is. Oh, it glows, right? And I get absorbed in the football game or whatever else. And and then, and then, and then at the end of the time, I'm, I'm hustling. I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to fix this. My wife is going to come home and she's going to be angry with me. And it's going to be really bad because I've wasted time and I don't want that to happen. You ever experienced stuff like that? Yeah. Never, right? No, it's just me. Here's some stats I found about media consumption for the average U.S. adult. All right, this is stuff that isn't from last year or the year before or anything. This is actually stuff from this year. The average adult in the United States spends about 11 hours a day consuming media of some kind. That's two-thirds of our waking hours we are listening to the radio or checking our phones or looking at TV or on the computer or whatever. Now I realize that not all of that is wasting time. Some of that is, is job related things. Some of that is learning things like listening to podcasts or you know, that kind of thing. But here's the deal. Of that 11 hours a day, the average US adult spends about four and a quarter hours watching television. That's on average. <laughs> Every day, the average US adult spends about two and a half hours on their smartphone checking ESPN, (laughs) right? Looking at my fantasy football scores or Facebook or whatever. I mean, obviously, some of that is work. I, I understand that. But here's the point we do waste time, don't we? We do. It's, it's kind of built into us. It's a human condition. Sometimes we waste time because we're scared to go after a dream. You ever experienced that? Oh, man. That, that seems like a little bit too big. I don't know. Sometimes we waste time because we're, we're afraid of failure, right? Oh, I'm just, I don't want to do that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to suggest that because, oh, man, what if I get shut down? What if, and all the what ifs start playing in our heads, Right? Sometimes we waste time because we have been brought up to value short-term gains over long-term results. Now, that's going to take too much time. I'm just going to sit back here. Sometimes we waste time to numb pain, don't we? It's just too hard to deal with the reality of whatever situation we're facing. Maybe it's a health issue, maybe it's a relational issue, maybe it's a financial issue. And I, I know that many of us here are facing these kinds of issues, but we, we turn inside and it's like, I, I can't even look at that right now. I can't deal with it. I know there have been times in my life when I've faced those kinds of situations where I have wanted to crawl into a hole. I remember one time in particular, this was years ago, I got brought into my boss's office and he just gave me a laundry list of things I was doing wrong. I felt ashamed. I felt scared. And all I wanted to do was crawl into a hole and ignore the situation and escape it. But there's this story in the New Testament. It's in the second book of the New Testament in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Jesus sends his disciples out across the lake. And while Jesus, he sends them alone, and then he goes up onto a mountain to pray. And while he's up on this mountain to pray, we don't know how, it doesn't say how this happens. But he actually sees his disciples out on the lake where it says that they are struggling at the oars because the wind is against them. You ever feel that way? You're just trying to move and you can't because you're just getting hit over and over and over and you're just not moving anywhere and it says jesus saw them in this state and then a little while later he decides you know what i'm going to go out to him so another weird thing that happens there is he just walks across the water to them and when they see him they think he's a ghost i gotta admit i'd probably think the same thing that's just weird but when they're crying out and they're afraid, he says, Don't be afraid. Take courage. It's me. It's me. In the moments when I am faced with something that, that doesn't feel like a gift to me at all, but a curse, and, and something where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this, and I don't even want to look at it in the face. Jesus comes to me and he says, if you will put your trust in me right here in this place at the same moment of your fear where those two things intersect, I'm going to show up. I'm going to meet you where you are at. He says, take courage. Don't be afraid. I am in this. And wherever Jesus is, you guys, that is a gift. That is a gift. Some of you here are facing something really hard. And you're thinking, yeah, right, no way. I'm telling you, Jesus wants to meet you right where you're at. In the mess of it. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know exactly even how to trust him. All you have to do is say, I don't know how, I don't know what I need to do. I'm just here. You gotta show up. And he's gonna make it something beautiful. And, and not necessarily even making the event or the thing itself something, you know, that, that you're able to just look back at immediately and say, yeah, that was awesome. But because he shows up, because he gives you the gift of his presence in that moment. As Pastor Kurt has so often told us in the past, we can either go through situations or we can grow through them. But here's the deal. Everything can be used by God. Even those moments, even though we, do, we cannot choose how those are ordered, we can choose what we do in them. God's part is to make something beautiful out of the situations we go through and encounter. Our part is to view the time we have, whatever time that is, as a gift. And here's how we do this. We radically trust God with every moment of our lives. And then we choose to be present with the people around us instead of wasting our time. It's an attitude adjustment. It's a shift in perspective. We view time as a gift from God. But then we got to do the second thing, which is on your outline. We need to invest the time we've been given to make an eternal difference. We invest the time we've been given to make an eternal difference. It's good to see time as a gift from God. It's good to see the things that we have as gifts from God, But it's not enough just to understand and acknowledge, yes, that's a gift from God. We actually need to turn around and give those things away. Otherwise, they just become dead ends in our lives. We're not doing anything with them, and God wants us to do something with them. My son Caleb loves Legos. Loves them. He's totally into the Avengers Legos right now. He's plotting and scheming how he's going to get more Legos. He's thinking about Christmas and birthdays and and how to earn money. As a matter of fact, not too long ago, he came up from his room with a big tub of toys, old toys, and he said, hey dad, we're going to have a yard sale today because I'm going to go buy new Legos. (laughs) And I'm thinking, son, nobody's going to buy those toys. (laughs) You are not going to get what you think you want out of those. But in the middle of this process, my wife, Jessica, and I are trying to teach our son to be generous. We're teaching him. You know what? When you get something, whether you earn it or whatever, it actually all belongs to God. Whatever it is, your time, your money, anything, anything that you have is actually a gift from God. So, son, part of what you're going to do with your money is you are going to give it away. You're going to give some of it back to God. And this concept is just, he's like, no way. I am not gonna give back to God. This is my money, I earn it. Besides, if I give it back to God, I'm not gonna be able to get that really cool set of Legos that I want. You ever feel that way about your time? Let's be honest. Man, if I help that person, I'm not gonna have time for this other thing. You might not. You might not. One of the most famous passages in the Bible, we see it even at, in the end zones of football games, is what? John 3 16, right? For God so loved the world that he hoarded. No, that's not what it says. He gave, right? He gave. He gave of himself. In Philippians chapter 2, which was written also by this guy named Paul, he says, have the same attitude in yourself that was also in Christ, who being the very form of God, did not count that as something to be held on to so tightly, but rather emptied himself. He chose a lower state to serve us. It cost him something. Yes, it's going to cost us as well. But that's part of joining God in being generous. God gives us good things because he loves us. I don't want you to miss that. But he doesn't want us just to keep them in ourselves. He, he gives them to us to equip us so that we can join him in doing what he is doing. Earlier in the, in, the, in the letter to the Ephesians in chapter 2, Paul, Paul uh, gives us a rundown of a lot of stuff that, that Pastor Kurt has been talking about over the last few weeks. He says in verses 1 through 3, he says, You know what? You guys used to be dead in your sins. You were separated from the life of God because of the things, okay, that held you captive. You were dead, you were without life. And then in verses 4 through 9, he says what God has done to remedy the situation. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy, has made you alive. Not because you earned it. Not because you deserved it. But simply because he wanted to. Simply because that's who he is. He wants to give his never stopping, never giving up, always and forever, reckless, relentless love away to you. That's what he does. That's who he is. But I love this in verse 10 in chapter 2 verse 10 we're going to have it up on the screen and read it together. He says he sums it all up and he says for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You guys don't miss this. This is so important. We are God's handiwork. And by handiwork, that doesn't mean like when I'm in a hurry and my son comes to me and he says, Daddy, can you fix this or can you build this for me or whatever? And I'm, I'm in a rush to go on about my important business, right? And, and so I just kind of uh, roughly get something put together for him or take care of what he is. And I, here, here you go. And then I go about my, my, my day. That's not handiwork that Paul is talking about here. He's actually using a word. It's called it, the, the Greek word is poiema. Poema, and we get our English word poem from it. You guys, when Paul tells us that we are God's handiwork, he's telling us that we are God's work of art. Let that sink in for a minute. Some of you need to really, really hear that message because you have been told over and over in your life that you are a waste of skin, that you have no talent, that you do not belong, that you ruin everything, whatever the lies are. You've been told those things over and over again. And here, let me tell you that God says you are a work of art. You are a work of art not because you've earned it, not because of anything in you, but because of what God has done for you and in you. You're a work of art. We are a work of art. Flaws and all, we get to put God's grace, his love, his hope and mercy on display. That's who we are. And God has created us for that. That's what all of the works that he has prepared for us to do, that's what that means. We're supposed to live in these things, being this work of art in and to the world, bringing God's hope into hopeless situations, bringing his goodness into darkness and into evil and announcing to the world there is hope. Look what God has done. In order to do that, we must invest the gifts, our our time, our talents, our treasure, everything about us, everything we've been given in and for the good of people around us. That's what we're called to. That's our purpose. And there's lots of little things that each of us needs to do that nobody else can do. Listen. Listen. If you're not sure what exactly your purpose is, where you fit exactly in that, let me follow up with what Pastor Kurt talked about in in the EP um, uh, 201, our shape class. It is designed to help you find your purpose and to get plugged into it, to do what God has created you and you alone to do. It's that class is designed to help you find that to begin experiencing it if you haven't been to 101 go to 101 and then go to 201 all right begin to experience this but you guys in order for us to live out being the hope of of God in into the world we've got to live on purpose and in order for that to happen we've got to view the time we've been given as a gift In other words, trust God with every aspect of it, and then we turn around and we give away what we've got. We give away what we've got. We've got a video here I want you guys to see because it's it's stories of East Pointers just like you who have invested in this process. Let's take a look at the screens.
1: My name is Jen Morris, and I serve in Epic Students, and I also serve in Epic Kids.
2: And I am Steve Morris, I serve in security team, and I also serve in Epic Students.
1: So I help with a small group, so I have a really cool group of girls. Life is hard, it's challenging, and you need somebody to walk alongside with you. I know for me I made a ton of mistakes as a kid, and being the youth was hard, and so I want these kids to know that there's hope on the other side of high school. We're doing this together. We're able to take whatever mistakes we made in our youth and translate that into wisdom and hopefully preventative measures for these kids.
2: I actually enjoy feeding people. It's kind of my family thing. My grandparents were always like, hey, let's have dinner. And I learned at a young age how to start cooking. And I just moved on with that and just developed my 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 thing. And I never measure anything, I just do it with love. And so for me, that was a good way to show that they they are loved and I wanna make sure they get that through the food I give.
1: We all have good memories of being fed by grandma, you know, food is love. And I think that's how God prepared it.
2: And I want them to know that we're here for loving them. That's what we're here for. We wanna make sure that they feel loved, safe, and belong.
1: Uh, My name's Tiffany Hempel. I have served Awana for a few years here, and then um, I've been to Botswana. I'm the one that signs all the kids in. So I get to say hi and check up on them. I'm always like asking how their week's been and what's going on with them. It's a great first impression, kind of like a greeter at church. I get to be the first one that says hi to them um, when they come into Awana every week, um, which I love. I love being able to kind of check in each week with every single kid that comes in. Let me start off by saying that just getting to Botswana was a huge, uh, a huge uh, trust and leap of faith um, for me just in my walk with the Lord. So just getting there, I feel like was um, a way of me serving as well, um, because it took a lot. I've had a lot going on over the last year and a half um, in my family, just in my life, and when I felt like God was calling me to go to Botswana, I kinda laughed and I was like, there is absolutely no way. And I had family too that were like, you're crazy for going 10,000 miles, leaving your kids here, this is absurd. And I really felt like the Lord was saying, you need to trust me and you need to take this leap of faith. And I did. And I mean, everything from just raising our money Um, getting supplies, the things we needed to go there, he provided for. And it was a way for me to say, wow, if he's asking me to do this and he's providing for this, what other little things is he asking me to do in my life? Other ways of serving through our church, through our community that I'm saying no to that I should be saying yes to because I know he's going to provide. So just that whole process of getting there for me was a way Um, just opened my eyes for serving. For us, serving was not just doing everything for them because we knew that going over there, we had to almost empower them to be able to take the things that we were showing them or teaching them and they had to do it themselves because when we left, you know, we were only there for less than two weeks. When we left, they had to be able to continue that. That's not something that we could just stay there for. And so we wanted to make sure that They felt empowered enough and trained well enough that they could continue that when we left. So I think that was the biggest part of serving for us there. It wasn't just going and doing something for them. It was training them, teaching them to do it themselves.
2: I think we've always wanted to go, they always say here, near, and far. Um, For both of us, we always wanted to do the far part. Um, And just when it came up, We were praying about it, and God just said, yes, let's do this. Being open to what you can serve in doesn't need to be a huge thing, it just needs to be what God leads you to. Like, be open to, honest, and willing.
3: Yeah, but God's made you unique, and you have a a place and a role that's made for you, and if you don't fill it, then it's gonna be empty. There's gonna be a void there. We're not gonna be a complete whole. And so, if somebody was on the fence and said, I'm not sure, I'd be like, well, there's a need. You're you're meant to be here. You're meant to be in community. You're meant to be um, alongside because there's something that you have that I don't, and I need to learn from you and vice versa. And I just think that's that's where our happiness comes from. We kind of held back for a long time, and when we started getting involved and into different ministries and getting back connected, I think
2: we were fully charged and
3: we felt fuller we felt like we belonged we felt engaged in the church we felt like this became our family more than just our church it became a a home more than just a building yeah no i think when we serve you're, you're allowing god to use you but you're also becoming more vulnerable and and when you do that and you're doing it beside other people then it creates this bond that's unique to that experience
1: i think for me the biggest thing that i'm realizing is the more you get involved in the church the more you feel like you have that community surrounding you that that tribe of people that are going to support you no matter what um i feel like i've gotten to know so many more people the more i've gotten involved and i know that they have my back too and i feel like that's that's what we need in this life it's it's not easy life is not easy and the more people you have that can support you and help lift you up during trials, during happy times, any of that. I feel like that that's just gonna make us stronger. So I think that that's been one of the biggest things that I've taken away from being able to serve and do more.
0: You guys, if you wanna have experiences like what these people, these other East Pointers have had, you gotta view time. Your, your gifts, everything as, as, as something from God. And then you turn around and you give it away and you join them and the rest of us in going here, here at East Point and near within our community and our state, our, our county, all of that. And then possibly even far. Maybe you go to Botswana with a team. Maybe, maybe your far is, is doing the Operation Christmas Child boxes. Take a look at this picture up on the screen here. This is actually a picture from Kurt's last trip to Botswana. He took this picture there. This is an actual Christmas child box that somebody in Botswana had. This represents the gift of somebody else who took what they had and gave it away and had an actual effect on somebody on the other side of the globe. You guys, we are all of us called to get involved in going here, near, and far by viewing what we have, especially our time as a gift from God, and then turning it around and giving it away. What will you do with your time and with everything else that God has given you? Will you hoard it for yourself? Or will you join God by living out your purpose And so experience the hope that comes from living on purpose. Let me pray with you. Jesus, you are amazing. Lord, you have loved us with an everlasting love, one that doesn't stop, it doesn't end, it has no limits. There's no hurdle that it can't overcome because you have purposed yourself to give it to us simply because you want to. God, for each one of us here who, who's following you, each Christ follower in this room and, and watching online, I pray that you would stir our hearts that you would bring us to the place where we can't help but want to give away what it is you've given to us. God, that we just want to be so generous with the love, with, with your presence, even giving your presence away simply by being with somebody else, not even having all of the answers, not even knowing what all to do, but just being there. God, give us that desire. I know that of myself, I can't make me do it. I need you, Holy Spirit, to stir that in me, to draw that out of me. So draw it out of all of us. Here we are. People, works of art that you have invested in, stir us so that we give it away. Now, maybe you're here and you haven't yet begun your life as a Christ follower, but you've heard about this great reversal. You've heard about the love of God, his his hope that he has for all of us. And and you want a a part of that. You want a piece of that. You don't need to come up. You don't need to stand up or raise your hand. I'm just going to say a prayer. Make this yours. Jesus, I want you. I want your life. I want the hope that comes from you because in and of myself, I've got nothing. I've tried life my way. I've made messes of it. And, and so here I am. Take me, all of me, every part, every good, every bad and everything in between and bring it into yourself. Make me part of your family. Let me live on purpose as your child and Jesus for everybody who who made that prayer theirs I pray that you would visit them right now that you would confirm in their heart and in their mind the reality of your presence in them and with them and through them that you've got something far greater beyond anything they can hope for or imagine because it is you at work in them Jesus, thank you for every good thing you give us. Help all of us to use it for you and to join you in bringing your life, your hope to this world. In Jesus' name, amen.